diamonds, a new beginning. We have a fantastic panel with me today. Let me introduce my panelists. First, we have Dinelle Dixon. How do you actually scale it up? Um, and how do you ensure that you know, if others, for example, MasterCard is also has launched a platform, as I understand it, for central banks to test their CBDCs um, uh, on their platform. Now, for a central bank out there, how do they decide? How do, you know, if I test on Stellar Network, would that work also uh, on the Master ne Mastercard Network? So, you know that you know these are the issues from a practical point of view would be would be important uh, for for the policymakers to understand. Maybe we can start from uh, Dinell, then uh, maybe uh, swim back to to Rory as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Don. This is such a great question, and it's one of the things that actually hits back to the question that you asked about Libra. I think that the focus that we have on open, decentralized, permissionless networks, which is what Stellar is, and which is what we focus on building, and we try to actually integrate with the incumbents, like with respect to MasterCard, for example, we have to make it really simple for, especially when you're when it's a new technology and you're actually trying to integrate with these different stacks that exist out there, you have to make the on-ramp to the, the network very simple. And that's where the interoperability and the standards come into play. And from just all of my years of focusing on standards, and this is what we did exceptionally well at the very beginning of the web and when we focused on the internet technology, there was a lot of a massive focus on standards and trying to build this ecosystem that anyone could join if they chose to. And all they needed was to understand like how to get onto the internet and then they could build their own website or they could build other engagements and opportunities with end users. That's what we're trying to do here and what we call the internet for payments. So it's the same idea. An open permissionless network is important and making sure that network is easy to interoperate with, which is what we try to do and strive to do here at, at uh, SDF and on Stellar, but lots of entities out there are trying to do the same thing. This is what creates the opportunity for there not to be a single incumbent, which I think is hugely important in this space. Because we've seen years later, 20 years later, with respect to the web, what happens when certain players take over and own all of the, the full stack, it makes it very hard for new ideas and innovation to come up. And so the idea is if we could continue in this space to make it simple and to create that interoperability and that focus on standards, then we actually can continue the, the, the notion of this innovation, which is crucially important to success here. Uh, so I think if you think about get the on ramps to seller, for example, making it easy for the for issuing tokens on and, and issuing value on seller is very simple. It takes one line of code to be able to issue whatever token you feel like is important for your business. There are gold tokens, there are silver tokens, there are USD tokens, uh, there are uh, there are fiat backed tokens that exist that I think are super useful and very similar to what CBDCs can be. In fact, you could see a central bank issue as a CBDC and then have the private sector and these fiat these entities out there that are exceptionally good at having that consumer focus, these fiat-backed entities, they could actually be the, the, the glue for the consumer base and CBDCs to be issued and used on a variety of different networks that are out there. So I think in all of the years that, uh, that I spent focusing on how to build standards, it takes 
that you can show the simplicity of it and then you come together and you really try not to be the winner take all model. You really try to understand that in this model, the winners are again, the ultimate either developers or the end users who are focused on uh, really trying to achieve these cross border transactions. And you really try to use that glue of making it simple and using standards to get there. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Uh, hope you guys have been having fun. It's been a pretty uh, eventful week so far. I always love to start off with a little throwback video because uh, there's so much going on with Stellar. It's a lot of activity, a lot of movements, and uh, it's, uh, it sometimes gets uh, forgotten. So uh, that was Danelle Dixon. That was just last year um, where she was talking at a panel with the IMF, as you saw, about... Uh, the future and capabilities of Stellar and the possible implications it could have with stable coins and CBDCs. Um, thank you for joining in today. I'm really excited. It's been a real fun week. We had Mike, um, yeah, Kevin Campbell on uh, Monday. And uh, just a reminder on Friday, I've got uh, Carmel Cadet. You definitely want to tune in for this one. Uh, Carmel has worked 10 years with IBM. Um, she was formerly working on the IBM Blockchain Worldwire project. Uh, she now has her own company, MTech, and recently was working uh, with uh, the Central Bank of Bahamas on their Sandbox project. So definitely want to tune in on that. Uh, also, we got Tomas. Uh, shout out to um, Anthony Barker. He really, he really said, don't sleep. Don't sleep on Tomas, man. He, it, the end tokens is uh, really uh, going to be a force and a powerhouse on the Stellar Network. Uh, and he made sure to connect uh, us to directly and uh, very excited. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to everybody viewing. That's right. All my people out there, Dominican Republic. I love y'all. Yo, shout out to uh, Orange County. What's up? Orange County, stand up. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, but today I know that uh, we're here to talk about uh, Jason Chapala with uh, uh, the SDF. Um, I'm really excited to bring him on. Uh, his background is quite impressive. Um, I remember having a conversation with John Licata. Shout out to my good friend John Licata out there. Um, we're having a conversation, and he pointed out, he said, Sam, the amount of talent that are leaving great opportunities out there in the tech world that can literally get a job anywhere, they are all lining up to work with the Stellar Development Foundation. And uh, he's absolutely right. There's no denying it. Um, and uh, I'm just happy to bring on uh, Jason Chapala uh, to the show. And uh, here we go, Jason. What's going on, Hello. my man? How are you? Hey, not much. That was that was generous. I don't know if I could get a job anywhere. But, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll use you as a reference, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, to, to sit in here on this little uh, this live stream and um, it's been great. Uh, it's been almost a hundred videos and uh, it's all yeah. been focused around the Stellar uh, community. You guys are doing a lot and so I appreciate you giving me so much content to, to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, we, we love everything you're doing. Uh, really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Look, I want to start off as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a, a lot of great talent. Uh, uh, whether you acknowledge it or not, I mean, you're absolutely one of them. Um, 
you know, I was I was uh, looking at this. I mean, look at this this background. I mean, Yale Law School, Cornell University. Um, you you've you've been around. You've been a CEO yourself. You've been a COO of other companies. Um, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and kind of uh, you know give a little background and how you ended up here uh, with Stellar? Yeah, certainly. Um, so I had a you know through school studied pretty technical stuff, uh, math, physics, did some computer science. Um, <laughs> interestingly, my computer science was sort of my brother's thing, my older brother. And I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. So I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, kind of wish I had majored in computer right. science, but hey, that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, so, you know, very technical kind of training and background did, did like pure math research uh, in my summers. But then I sort of took this left turn. I, I wanted something even more, you know, immediately applicable to the real world. So I, I did go to law school, and then started my career as an attorney, um, as a, a tax attorney, and as a general corporate lawyer. But very quickly was missing like the, to the technical side of my brain. And so after a few years of that, um, I ended up at Palantir. But I will say I'm really glad I, I had that stint as a lawyer because I, I just find it's incredibly valuable and i mean in a way and it's it's very related to you know stellar and how we how we think about uh blockchain i mean working as a lawyer it's sort of seeing how uh rules are set up and seeing how decisions are made so you know in the most extreme case like in a court how do you make decisions but also you see the inner workings of how do corporations how do groups of people decide things and um, that's that's incredibly applicable all the way up till today because you know at Stellar we we really pride ourselves on we we are thinking about how to improve the financial system not not replace it you know not supplant it we're not looking you know we don't think blockchain is going to be some shadow financial system it's it's going to it's going to make it better it's going to connect to it and so just kind of that experience seeing how how rules interact and how people think about rules was great but. I, I went over to Palantir, um, which has been much more in the news lately. Um, yeah, yeah. And huge there company, I would. Company. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're uh, doing well. Yeah, um, and and I love my time there. Yeah, Peter Thiel, correct? He, he was the CEO of the company? Uh, he, he was one of the key first investors. He wasn't okay. actually the CEO, but he sort of put together the team and, and he's on the board, things like that. Wow, um, yeah. And so that's a you know big data company. You can think of it as data analysis and integration. And and there I would uh, I would lead projects. So I would lead a team of um, engineers, data scientists, designers, things like that. And essentially we would would show up at some big company and they would have a particular problem for us to work on and we would solve it with data. So we would we would build uh, custom applications to solve their data problems. And and there I really enjoyed sort of getting to be like uh, the translation layer between the really technical side and the, the more business side. Um, and that that's what I've always enjoyed the most in my career. And so did that for a while um, and eventually moved out to Los Angeles, which is where I live today. And um, to LA? yeah, yeah, I saw Orange County, not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Orange County. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> right. Um, so I decided it was time to sort of try something new. And um, as you know, you, you pulled up my LinkedIn, I was at a few small startups in LA. And then, you know, 
I got into blockchain and I, I wasn't like explicitly looking to get into blockchain. It was actually, I was talking to a company in LA um, called Gem. I actually, I don't know if they're still around, but I knew someone from Palantir who was there. Mm -hmm. And then another person I knew said, hey, if you're into blockchain, you should talk to this company called Chain. And and yeah. it wasn't that I was really, you know, into yeah. blockchain. But I was like, yeah, you know, sounds like a good idea. So Adam, I started Adam Lundwin, right? Adam Lundwin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yep, yeah, Adam yeah, Lundwin. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, and at the time, they were um, working on a product called Sequence. And it was, it was essentially a, a database product. It was sort of the idea was like an internal database that uses a blockchain data model. And so that, you know, eventually you could connect to a blockchain. And so the... Th that was really interesting to me and it made me think of some of the Palantir background of thinking about data and data integration. So I ended up at Chain and, and that's how I ended up with Stellar because uh, Interstellar ended up acquiring Chain. And then, you know, after a bit of time there, I started talking to uh, Danelle and Jed about coming to join SDF. And so that's what I ended up doing. But it's nice. been it's been a cool journey for me because um, you know, you were talking about talent. And, and I think one of the things that one of the things I really love about uh, working in this space is you get you think about these big macroeconomic trends and you also think about like more tactical technology decisions. I, I really love that sort of really, really big picture or really, really in the weeds. And, and I think a lot of other people like that, too. And so especially for someone with my background, it's been it's been awesome. No, no, it's exciting, man, and and uh, it's interesting because Danelle has an, a a law degree as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And so, but it but it does show. Um, you know, I, I feel as if Stellar has really, um, has really. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was, I was laughing. Uh, it's, uh, people just t tuning in. See people running out on bathroom breaks to to come watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you have me laughing on that one, Christian. But um. You know, but the way that you guys have really um, have really handled yourselves and, and the product and just with maturity, you know, it's never been hype. Yeah. And, and I guess it makes sense from an attorney standpoint. You guys understand how laws work. You understand what you can and cannot do. And so yeah. you operate that way. So that's that, that, that's and, always good. And I think I think we we strike a good balance. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes people especially like in big companies, you think of, oh, legal is where you go to hear no. You know, it's like, right. oh, let's go talk to legal. They're just going to say we can't do it. They're just going to say we can't do it. I, I think we strike a good balance there. Um, again, you know, we, Stellar is based on this idea that um, like financial institutions exist. It, it doesn't right. make sense to pretend like they don't. You know, so sovereign governments exist. I mean, money money is a is inextricably linked to government. And so it would be foolish for us to do things and that that piss those people off. Um, and we don't want that. Right. Again, we want to improve the system, not supplant it. So yeah, I, I do think, you know, Danelle being a former lawyer, uh, it definitely helps. It helps us think about how we can can make changes. And I, and I think we strike a good balance. Now, that's great. That's great. Um, kind of one last I guess short question or comment is um, I also know um, your head of legal counsel um, just mm. talking just kind of that, you know, that uh, that stream of thought also has a really great background. So. Um, yes. um, and so anyways, I, I just really uh, want to give, give credit to that. Um, wanted to uh, go ahead and just hop on because I, I know we had a bunch of questions that uh, that folks have and, and wanted to go through. 
I had one that I want to start off with. Um, mm-hmm. I looked at the roadmap, right? And the roadmap said one of the main slogans has been help Stellar to be the blockchain people know and trust. Uh, and in the roadmap, it talks about discussing about marketing Stellar to accelerate visibility, participation. Um, my question is, Jason, who are y'all marketing to? <laughs> you know, one, you know what? It's, it's, for a lot of us, we know we're so excited about Stellar. We want everybody to, to understand the potential. Um, I, I did, you know, I, I, before we got on, I, I did start doing some, some Google searches. And, um, you know, I, uh, let me see if I can show my screen here. You know, I, I Googled stable coins and the first thing that popped up was, was, uh, was Stellar. That was the number one, right. you know, result there was, was Stellar. So, um, yeah, shout out to Harold. He's laughing, boy, cause he knows that's the question, right? Uh, so, so definitely, um, uh, you know, you guys are, are definitely targeting because ads like that don't happen you know, by accident, right? They don't, they don't sure. happen by accident. So, um, I, what can you, what can you share as far as the target audience that you guys are looking to market to and a little bit yeah. background on, on, on the decision-making there? Yeah, of course. So I, I think it's, it's two broad groups. So okay. the first group would be, you know, the, the people that are going to build. So the, the developers and businesses that are going to actually build products on Stellar. So that's one group. And then the second group are, you know, regulators. So regulators, governments. Um, okay. And, you know, and, and I think like what you pulled up, that's, that's a great example. We really want to increasingly get people to associate, you know, stablecoin with Stellar because it, it really is, it's kind of amazing when you think about it that, you know, Jed and the other people who created Stellar, they were doing this back in 2014. Sta- Stablecoin was not a term anyone yeah, used. No, shout out. And listen, yet, hey, listen, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember when, when Jed was talking about, you know, uh, 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 Stablecoin, CBDCs, like nobody was talking about yeah. that. No, right. like stop lying. You weren't talking about CBDCs back then. Yeah. I mean, he was way ahead of everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's facts. And it's really interesting because it's like, again, you know, uh, another way to think of Stellar is one of the core um, one of the like core ideas of Stellar is that issuers of assets exist. Like right. issuers are a thing. Certain assets there's this entity, which is the issuer that is, you know, special, like you, right. you, you do need to trust them. And so one of those core insights is that, you know, Bitcoin, of course, sort of comes from this, this totally trustless, you don't need to trust any entity. And, and, and I mean, that's incredible. But w- with Stellar, if you make this one little change, where you say, oh, you know, actually, there are certain entities that it's fine to trust, like you're, you're trusting them anyway. So the technology can also trust them. As soon as you make that little change, it does all sorts of things. For example, it makes the whole thing way faster. You know, as I'm sure the people listening know, you know, on Stellar, a block is clear, a ledger, a new ledger is closed every four to five seconds. On Bitcoin or Ethereum, it takes much, much longer. Um, so it makes it, it immediately makes it faster. And then it also allows for these sorts of features that it turns out 
now lots of people want because now people realize the power of stable coins and the right. potential of CBDCs, which is essentially just a stable coin, but issued by the central government. So, um, but back to your question around the marketing, it's like, we want to tell that story more and more. We want to tell okay. this story of, you know, Stellar has been talking about stable coins before stable coins was even a word. And so again, to these two groups, if you're a developer or a business and you have a use case or a product that wants to move value, Stellar is great for that. So you should, you should learn more. And if on the other side, if you're a government or a regulator and either you're hearing all about this and you need to figure out how to regulate it, or you're even thinking about doing something yourself like a CBDC, again, we, we want those people to know that Stellar has this, was, was basically designed for this stuff from the start and has this rich feature set specifically for issuers. So, so that's the goal of that market. And that makes push. sense. I mean, w when you describe it that way, because at the end of the day, you could have a bunch of apps, you could have a bunch of, of, of trinkets online, but if you don't have the regulatory, you know, these, the true gatekeepers, right? The two gatekeepers yeah. that are there allowing it to go through, then what do you have? So yeah, that makes, that, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Right. So we've solved the problem, the, the question. We know exactly where they're marketing to. I like the answer. Um, kind of going into because we've been talking a lot about uh, about regulatory environments, uh, central bank, yeah. digital currency, stable coins. Um, I purposely started off with that clip at the beginning. Somebody asked earlier, they said, why are you showing that clip? There's a reason for me showing the clip. The clip, it, you know, shows about the discussion about uh, you know, Stellar really being within the conversation. Um, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I, I know that since uh, since 2019 at Meridian, you had Fed Cheers, IMF, World Bank was participating in uh, Meridian 2020. Next month, um, I talked about a guest uh, this Friday, but Carmel Cadet's going to be moderating a discussion at um, the uh, it is the Woman of Color uh, Small Business is the Engine. Uh, of the crypto economy. And mm -hmm. I know that that panel is going to be titled the digital dollar and central bank digital currencies. Um, so and I know that this process has been a very long one. Um, how far apart are we in your, in, in, in your experience and for what you're seeing right now to the point where I'll be able to go down and, and pay for some coffee per se with a digital yeah. currency? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, I think you sort of started off talking about CBDCs. So the, the question of when can you pay for coffee, that's not necessarily, you know, you don't need a CBDC for that. You know, you could have a, a private company that, that facilitates that. So on the being able to pay for more stuff with digital assets, I mean, I can't really put like a, a time on it, but I, I actually think we're close. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be sort of a binary thing where, you know, all of a sudden you can pay for everything, but I think there will start to be groups of merchants or types of merchants that do accept digital assets. Um, I don't think that will take too long. Um, and, and I think especially in the case of cross-border payments. I mean, it just, 
you know, one way you can think of it is digital assets are a way to avoid correspondent banking. You know, not not like skirt the compliance, just avoid the the slowness, you know, avoid the, the right. complication. So I think certainly with respect to cross border, you we are going to start seeing that. I think relatively soon, you know, I, I would say like in the next year, there there will be these types or these these categories that you can pay for things. When you start talking about okay, when will we get to the point where you can pay for anything? Mm-hmm. That's where it starts to bleed a little more over into the CBDC question because, I okay. mean, a CBDC is a digital asset that's also legal tender, which by definition means you can basically you know, pay for anything with it. Uh, on, on CBDCs, I think the point we're at now is uh, most of the central banks are now realizing it's now time to start thinking about the technology and the policy. So a lot of people took this approach of we should start with just thinking about the policy implications of a digital asset and and sort of very purposefully not thinking about what's the actual technology because, you know, we've got to get the policy first. And and quite frankly, I think that was a smart way to start. I agree. Um, And, you know, you figure out certain, you know, answer certain questions. But you do come to a point where the technology you choose is very related to the policy implications. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think that's where central banks are getting. They're realizing, okay, we can't really just assume away the implementation anymore. We need to start actually thinking about, you know, this network versus the, this network or this technology versus this. So a good example of this is the question of permissioned versus permissionless networks. Oh, I'm and, glad and you I, brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. Please. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way I think of this is digital currency versus digital cash. Mm. So, you know, digital currency, like, you know, a, a bank account, you could think of it as digital currency. I mean, it's digital in the sense it's not physical. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas digital cash would be an attempt to have a cash like instrument that is digital. And so, you know, it, it's more bearer in form. I think some central banks are very much interested in digital cash because they, they, they want the simplicity of cash. They want the trust that people have in it. You know, it, like cash is sort of the ultimate trust. You, you know when you have it because you're physically holding it and they want that. Um, so there are certain economies and regions where having a digital cash-like instrument is very important. And, and those central banks are very interested in that. Those also tend to be the central banks that are most focused on financial inclusion and ways of, of addressing the, the unbanked or underbanked. There are other economies, other central banks that they're more interested in digital currency, not necessarily digital cash. You know, you can, you can make the argument, but at the end of the day, they're going to, you know, hear what you're saying, but just not that interested in it. Right. So, this question of digital currency versus digital cash, then the technology decision of permissioned versus permissionless becomes super important because if you do want digital cash, if you want something that operates like cash, you kind of need it to be permissionless. Right. Because if it's if it's a permissioned network, you know, you can kind of just collapse that into a central like one centralized account. And at that point, it's not really cash, it's just an account. So I, that's just an example of, I think, where we're getting to. I think central banks are starting to 
understand these these admittedly nuanced distinctions better and better. Um, there's still a lot of time to to actually implement this. I mean, and, you know, it's going to take time. Um, I actually think back to my time at Palantir, like when I started, everyone knew big data was a thing, but not many people like could act like actually knew what it was. And sort of, you know, it was interesting to see over time. It's like, okay, now pretty much every business like actually knows what it is. Um, I think we're, I'm seeing a similar progression. It's like, it started out, you know, when I started with chain, we were still in the days of people sort of assuming that blockchain could be used for anything. Yeah, like right. literally any use case blockchain will help. We're now, I think, at the point where people actually have a pretty good idea of, oh, blockchain makes sense for this, not for that. Mm -hmm. And and then I think CBDCs are going to be an even further progression of governments and central banks now starting to really understand this is where the technology can actually make a difference and improve things, or this is a place where it actually doesn't make sense. So I, I'm hopeful um, mm -hmm. it will take time to, to educate. And it also gets back to the marketing point. I mean, part of this is just getting regulators and government officials to understand and, and to be aware of these technologies. And one of the, the big things right now that uh, is USDC as a stable yeah. coin um, that, um, you know, just got launched onto the Stellar Network. Um, yes. Any brief any brief thoughts or comments on, on you know, what you're looking forward and seeing with, with USDC? Yeah, so so we, we are incredibly excited. It was, it was really fun to be able to finally announce that. I mean, um, one of the things I focus on a lot as COO is thinking a lot about liquidity. You know, how do we how do we have efficient, strong, healthy markets on Stellar? And, you know, that that's both the, the DEX itself, but it's also just, you know, OTC transactions. So just how do we make liquidity strong? Um, having an asset like usdc is essential to having strong healthy liquidity because it, it's you know now stellar has a way to tap into other liquidity that exists elsewhere through the usdc mm -hmm. asset as a bridge so i think we're going to see um you know more and more applications using usdc um, and and really bolstering the liquidity on the network. So I think it's hugely important. And and we're excited to you know get other kind of key currencies that can serve as sort of a reserve currency. So you know we're, we're excited to have a great euro asset, and we want to continue that process. Good, 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 good. Um, you know, kind of going back to the uh, the roadmap that was just released mm -hmm. for for this year. Um, you know, one of the uh, the points was it was stated about building strong relationships with tech consulting firms, um, and, and it was pointed out that it was crucial for the expansion of Stellar. Can you talk a little bit uh, behind the scenes of what that actually, what you guys meant by that when you said yeah, of course, firms? yeah, yep, yeah. So, kind of for for better or worse, um, a, a lot of big important decisions always have a consulting firm of involved, you know, like okay. yeah. kind of around it, especially with governments. So pretty much any CBDC project you read about, there's a consulting company, you know, consulting, advising them on how to make the technology decision. And the same goes for large enterprises. Um, they, you know, if, if you're going to do, if you're going to make a big change to a big public corporation, you just always hire, it's like, okay, we'll just get Accenture in here, 
to make sure we're doing it right. So right. it's just it's it's it's, uh, it's a part of really big decisions, really big financial decisions and big technology decisions. So us building a you know more of a relationship with these key firms, we think will will be really helpful to growing out you know the ecosystem. And and again, it's about you know in, in the first instance, it's about you know, education and and visibility. Just we want them to know, you know what Stellar is, what Stellar can do, and then over time we'll work on specific projects. So it's it's very related to the CBDC push, but it also has relevance even outside of CBDCs, just in in kind of other projects that uh, you know private banks will be doing. Cool, 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 man. Um, you know, you we're talking about uh, USDC. You mentioned uh, liquidity, um, yeah. and and shout out, I see uh, uh, Amir out there. Uh, commenting about, you know, one of the first priorities this year was about liquidity. Um, So uh, that was also on the roadmap. And my next question was improving liquidity was labeled as an essential. um, And it was hinted that there were some collaborations with ecosystem partners um, to address this. Um, And I was just curious if you can maybe share some insights on what are some of the experiments on the table, some of the ideas that uh, you guys are looking at that are that are promising. Yeah, absolutely. So liquidity is, of course, um, essential, like like we said in the roadmap. Um, you know, I, I like to think of it as, you know, transactional volume is sort of is money at work, you know, money just <laughs> sitting at rest, not really doing anything. And so when we talk about liquidity, it's the ability to turn money at rest into money and movement. So the the way we're thinking about this is, um, we want to try many different liquidity experiments. We want to try many different things and see what improves liquidity. So, um, you know, and, and we, we did say in the roadmap, we're, we're even exploring, you know, more kind of DeFi approaches, you know, things yeah, like. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, automated. So I imagine most people are familiar with AMMs or automated market makers. And it's clear that um, the people who have designed these things are sort of onto something. Um, they, huge amounts of capital have moved into AMMs yeah. on, on Ethereum and it, and it does enable quite a bit of volume. So we are, you know, we're exploring what, what can we learn from that? How can that uh, benefit Stellar? And, and again, we want to try a lot of different things. Um, another area that's really important is credit. So mm. uh, I think, um, especially in the, the Stellar ecosystem, sometimes when we think liquidity, we immediately think the DEX. Um, so we think about, okay, you know, like market makers, um, you know, bid ask spread depth width and, and absolutely. But another very important aspect of liquidity is credit, you know, the ability to borrow assets efficiently and easily. And so, um, you know, we're also doing experiments and projects on credit. So, so we have a, a project going right now and we've, we've made a, a small um, grant for it to explore a, a way. <laughs> <laughs> a you know, sort of like an, a way of automating uh, extending credit. And so, mm. the, the, so again, we're sort of trying as many different things. Some of those are things we're thinking about building ourselves. Some of those are situations where we're looking to partner with other companies or maybe even provide a grant. Um, others, you know, we, we have plans to, you know, try things like hackathons and stuff like that. So want to cast a wide net. Um, but again, it's it's like we said in the roadmap, uh, improving liquidity is is what's really going to take Stellar to the next level. I, I think that's huge. 
I just had a conversation this morning about the about the about the credit and lending and what yeah. that could bring to to blockchain. So this is the yeah. first time I heard this. I'm excited, honestly, to, to hear right. it, that that's on the roadmap, because I, I do believe that, that that's something that has huge potential. Um, kind of moving forward on the roadmap. Um, blockchain and enterprise uh, is, is is something that's um, that's that's been out there. A lot of the conversation has been focused on finance, stable coins. Um, but has there been any opportunities yet or in discussion of maybe around the tracking of digital assets, tracking ownership, um, any of those sort of use cases in, in Stellar? Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you uh, SDF, and obviously SDF is not the same as Stellar. Right. SDF is most focused on you know payments and uh, you know regulated assets you know things like yeah. representing you know equities uh, on something like stellar those are the use cases we are most focused on that doesn't mean that other people won't come up with brilliant ideas in in other areas that use stellar but those are our focuses and you know I, I will say I actually think one of the strengths of stellar is that, it was designed with a you know relatively narrow set of use cases in mind, but but I actually think that's a strength because it does it does those incredibly well. Um, you know something like Ethereum, of course, is much broader. You know you, you can sort of build anything on Ethereum, but like we talked about, that, that comes with trade offs. You know things like speed or or the expense. So for us, we we're most focused on payments and regulated assets. Um, I think my personal opinion is that's what the technology is best suited for, but that doesn't mean that, you know, someone else won't have an idea that, that it turns out, Oh, wow, that's incredible. I didn't think of that. I mean, that's also the beauty of, you know, an open source technology and an open network. Anyone can try it. That's, that's, you know, back to CBDCs. That's kind of the whole point of CBDCs. You create right. this open thing and then who knows what people will build on it. So right. it's exciting. Right. It'll be exciting to see. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, digital assets, security tokens, and and all those different things is very, very exciting, very exciting. Yeah. Um, I got another question on the roadmap. So there was yeah. an importance of connecting more with ecosystem contributors uh, that was expressed, kind of, kind of, you know, continuing from the last question. Um, for instance, it, it talked about a focus on completing a prototype for a two-layer technology to bridge between Stellar and other techs. Uh, a private layer. Um, is there any any kind of background you can share on on the vision for for that and and maybe what that could bring to Stellar? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't share any details of like the specific technical implementation, but essentially, you know, thinking about layer two technologies is is a pretty you know widely talked about thing in the blockchain world. Um, for us, the way I, what I I think the two the two key things it would bring are uh, it could bring privacy and increased throughput. So if we do have um, you know we want to build out a, a layer two prototype so that it would be you know it would be possible to do transactions on like a side net or or you know if you're familiar with payment channels something like that that brings privacy because 
you know, one of the things that like a central bank could say about Stellar is, well, you know, all of the, you know, you can see all the transactions, obviously right, right. you don't see names on the accounts, but you see the transactions. So a layer two um, option could address that because then you would not see the action, you know, all of the specific transactions between two counterparties. And then layer two can also address higher volume. So, you know, we all know as a decentralized, you know, distributed network, um, it's just, it's never going to be as fast as a centralized technology. It's just like, that's just the reality of it. But with things like layer two, you can create situations where you actually can process, you know, 10,000, 20,000 and, and higher transactions per second um, and still have it connect back to the public network. So th those are the two uh, kind of, it's not use cases, but the, the, the two problems to, that could be potentially addressed by a layer two privacy and uh, throughput. Nice. Very exciting. Very exciting. Let's talk about the enterprise fund. Um, the <laughs> enterprise fund has, has been something that, um, you know, has, I would say some of the more exciting announcements that have come out over the past year um, and, and really gives us an idea from as, as the, the, the community, uh, a vision into the, the direction that uh, that Stellar is, is going in. I mean, uh, last year, we, we, it was discussed Abra, um, an mm -hmm. investment into Abra, uh, D-Stock, uh, Satoshi Pay, um, and the latest one was Wire. Um, yeah. That was one of the biggest uh, announcements that, that came on. Um, I want to give you some time to maybe talk about some of these investments that were made. And, and if you don't mind, uh, giving us a, a, an idea as to, you know, what is the... the uh, the criteria or in, in some of the visionary um, mm. processes that go into where you guys decide to allocate these investments. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the enterprise fund is think of it as a kind of a venture style fund. Um, okay. it, it's, it's, you know, a, a pot of lumens and using that we invest in companies that will make stellar better. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that that's the criteria. <laughs> will will this business, will this, do we think this company is going to help make Stellar successful? And so um, we, we tend to look for sort of series A, series B uh, investments okay. in terms of stage. And we're looking for strong teams um, that have a product or, or building a product or a service that can that that is built on stellar and so that's actually one of the key things is um you know there are plenty of great companies out there even ones that are very aligned with the overall mission of of stellar development foundation for example but maybe they don't use stellar we invest in companies that will actually use stuff so like wire for example like you said that that's one we are extremely excited about you can think of wire almost like um, stripe for crypto so they offer this this suite of apis that um, you know, other developers, other apps can use to you know fiat on and off ramps into crypto, or to okay. set up um, digital asset you know savings accounts, interest-bearing savings accounts. So um, we've invested in Wire, and actually getting back to USDC, we're really excited about Wire's ability or Wire's potential to really supercharge usage of USDC on Stellar because. Mm. Wire actually was already using USDC for certain things to facilitate transactions, you know, in their savings accounts. And now the, you know, the idea is they'll be able to do that with USDC on Stellar. 
Um, wow. So, wow. And, and I think Wire, since their uh, creation, they've processed like $5 billion total of transactions. So, I mean, there's like a serious company. So we're really, really excited and, and um, amazing leadership team and, and really aligned on the mission. You know, really believe in sort of the, the vision of digital assets. Um, we also made, uh, it was at the very end of 2020, uh, might have got lost in sort of the holiday shuffle, but we also invested in um, Settle Network. And they, you know, they're in Argentina, and they are building out a, a service called StableX, which is a an exchange for stable coins. And so, as you know, it's interesting, but like that doesn't really exist many places. You know, just making it really easy to buy a stable coin, exchange it for others, and then start hooking in to you know merchants and other places to actually use those stable coins. So that was another investment we were really, really you know pleased with, but. But again, at the end of the day, it's, is this a company that's doing something that can help Stellar? That, that's the criteria. Um, and actually, one of, the, one of the latest things that we're now um, working on is starting to partner with or, or invest in accelerators around the world. Oh, wow. So you know, I, I said, we, you know, we tend to focus the most on kind of the Series A, Series B. But of course, there's also you know seed and pre-seed, and you know, there's like two people that have an idea. We also want kind of to be connected to that. It's not feasible for us to sort of talk to all those different people. But so we're going to start partnering with accelerators. Um, our goal is to start with an accelerator in Africa, but then we want to expand. Oh wow, wow, wow! Hold up, man! Hey, hey! Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're going to clap. So for in that, that one. way, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So so in that way, kind of see projects right from the very beginning. Um, and, and there'll be an education component to that. And so that's something we're, we're very excited about. But no, I'm excited about it. Month. No, but listen, I'm excited about that one because if anyone follows me, the, the you know, there's a lot of great protocols and projects out there. What attracts me to Stellar is the fact that there's so much of an opportunity to, to build, to create businesses and to create your future. And so it's great that you guys have this accelerator program going on. I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the updates. And uh, uh, you know what? If, if you guys, when you guys get these things going, man, I, I want to go out there and, and, and interact and, and, and get to highlight a lot of that because I'm, yeah. I'm super excited about that project. That's, that's great. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. When is the uh, timeline for the accelerator to, to start? Uh, I think our first sort of, you know, partnership will be in the next few months. Um, nice. I don't nice. know when sort of like the first cohort would actually sure. get started. Um, sure. But, you know, we, we we're, we're talking to someone quite actively already. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think I think we'll have I think we'll have updates soon. Well, you know, that really, you know, kind of leads me into my next question here. And uh, is that, you know, overall, from the very beginning, Stellar has made it clear that their focus has been on the growth of diversity and supportive culture. Um, an example, as I mentioned earlier, is next month's um, it's the Women of Color event. Um, what are some of the ways, I mean, you talked about the accelerator, but what are some of the ways that SDF is taking a, a real proactive approach um, into ensuring that this vision is complete? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is something that's extremely important to us. And so, um, you know, just like the event that's happening, you know, next week, the women in color, we're also going to 
try to just put on more of our own programming around that. So uh, I think it's March 8th. We're going to, um, for International Women's Day, uh, Danelle is going to be hosting a, a webinar panel um, about around women building in blockchain. And it, it's highlighting, you know, the diverse talent we, you know, as you talked about at the beginning, the, the talent at SDF, it's going to be, um, you know, f- five, five different women at SDF talking about their experience in blockchain in particular, but just technology in general. And so we want to do more events like that, um, you know, certainly highlighting the diversity and talent of SDF, but also talking about more about the changes that need to occur. Um, I also view the that accelerator program we just talked about as, as really key to this because yeah. through that we can, you know, really cover a lot of uh, geographies and make sure, you know, we, it's actually something we think really explicitly about. We don't want to sort of stay too U.S. centric. You know, a lot of us, mm-hmm. of course, are in the U.S., but we also have a lot of people outside of the U.S. and and we never want to, you know, lose sight of of you know other areas, especially because cross border payments is such a core use case. So, you know, we we definitely want to you know continue that. And then also, I'll say I, I even view the CBDC work as as related yeah. to you know diversity and inclusion because, um, again, this idea of you know permissionless networks with CBDCs, it it really is related to financial inclusion. It, it really is related to getting key financial services into the hands of people that don't have access to it now. So, so you know, I think even that work is tied to this, but we're going to, you know, try to, you know, um, run our own, you know, more and more of our own events. We're going to participate in other events like the Women in Color um, and, you know, through things like our investments and our partnerships, uh, we hope to continue this mission of, you know, helping connect to create equitable access to the global financial system. Now, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur. I've, I've, I've talked about it multiple times and uh, and I've seen way too often. I mean, just the barriers even coming out of the states. You know, just yeah. trying to, you know, access credits and, and investment opportunities. So uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, keep up the great work. I hope we can do more of these. Uh, it's great yeah. to hear from you, from from you all, man. And, 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 and touch the people, touch the people out there. Um, I know I, I, I've had you way over time. It's uh, <laughs> going on almost an hour. <laughs> I told yeah. them 30 minutes, guys. I said 30 minutes. <laughs> it's almost an hour. Uh, but. I really appreciate, man. You've been awesome, Jason. Thank you for for joining in on the show. Um, and like I said, let's let's get back out there, man. Shout out to everybody that's been commenting. Jalen, what's up? Cool. Um, I mean, I got Telus. I got Emir. I mean, Zoe. Everybody out there. Appreciate everybody for for checking in today. Um, thank you again, Jason. I appreciate all you're doing, and uh, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Had a great time. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. You hang on for a couple of minutes, Jason. Uh, we'll, we'll talk later. To everybody okay. else, don't forget, uh, Thursday, we've got uh, we've got N tokens coming on, uh, Tomas. And then on Friday, you don't want to miss, we're going to talk CBDCs. We might even talk uh, stellar CBDCs on Friday with Carmel Cadet. So uh, she was with us, like I said, with IBM for 10 years, and now she has a company, Mtech. So you guys stay tuned. We got a really fun-filled week. Take care.